Last week, we talked about superannuation fees and investment fees. And to get to the bottom of investment fees, that led to an asset allocation discussion. Now, today, I want to have a look at asset allocation in a little bit more detail, but I want to talk about things in our portfolio like gold, like Bitcoin, like precious metals. So let's have a chat. My name's Glenn James, and you're listening to my Millennial Daily. Okay, so asset allocation 101 recap. What percentage in your portfolio or investment option is allocated to which asset? Most of us in our superannuation portfolio, we might have a pre-mixed portfolio that has an overall asset allocation to 80% growth. So that might be shares, property, international shares, alternate assets, and 20% defensive, which could be cash, fixed interest like bonds, whether it's government bonds or corporate bonds, and we can get into that another time. But broadly speaking, I just want you to understand that the growth portion of a portfolio is usually comprised of assets that produce an income and also have the chance for capital appreciation. Now, what do I mean by that? We all know the concept of an investment property or a house. You buy that house and it could be worth X amount. Over time, the property price will increase, but at the same time, you're receiving rent each week along the way. Like with our shares, another growth asset, the share price will in fact increase over time as the company grows and is worth more. But along the way, guess what? You're getting dividends or distributions from your managed fund. So when we look at defensive assets, such as cash, for example. Now, if you've got $1,000 in your online savings account, the only way that that $1,000 can grow is from interest. The problem with the capital value of cash is that over time with inflation, that cash is worth less and less each year. So as a defensive mechanism, it's good because in the short term, the value is there and the capital is stable. It does produce interest though. Now, the next question is, well, what about gold? People talk about having gold in their portfolio. People talk about investing in Bitcoin because that's the new digital gold. So I want to hypothesize a couple of things here. We don't invest a huge amount of money into defensive assets with our portfolio. If your superannuation is not needed for 20, 30, 40 years, you're not going to have a high allocation to cash and bonds and assets that are of a defensive nature or somewhat capital secure. Now, when we talk about gold, gold is sometimes in a portfolio as a little bit of a hedge. My superannuation has got an allocation to gold. It's a very small allocation. And the rationale for having assets such as gold or precious metals in a portfolio is sometimes if the economy isn't going strong and there's a recession that's about to happen and whatnot, because gold is a physical finite resource, that can act as a bit of a hedge and often in bad economic times, the price of gold can increase. Now, gold, it does not produce an income. It only has capital appreciation. Likewise with cash, it produces an income, but it doesn't have capital appreciation. In fact, inflation is the enemy of cash. So what am I talking about when I'm talking about asset allocation, gold, Bitcoin, and defensive assets? Well, much like our portfolio in our super, we would not want a high allocation to assets that do not appreciate in value or produce an income. Okay, that's why we have a high allocation to assets like property, Australian shares, international shares, 
you might have some infrastructure that produces an income, you might have uh, some commercial property or uh, industrial property in your portfolio, because we want assets that have the chance to grow in value and produce an income along the way. Gold is more of a hedge. Gold is more of a storage of value that will stabilize your portfolio. So while you might have a small allocation to gold in your portfolio, you're certainly not investing 30, 40, 50% of your portfolio into an asset that doesn't produce an income, even though it may hold its value and even though it may increase in value over time. We really want assets that produce an income and also have the opportunity to grow longer term. Now, pink diamonds, let's talk about that right after the break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. So I want you to understand that while you may have an allocation to gold in your portfolio, it's going to be very small. So if you've got a portfolio that's 80% growth and 20% defensive, your overall portfolio might only have a 2% allocation to gold or less. So we just want a smaller amount of precious metals and things like that. When it comes to Bitcoin, same camp, all right? You do not want an asset. And to be honest, at the moment, Bitcoin is only worth what anyone will pay for it. Now, we know with gold, it can be used to make watches, jewelry, uh, electronic components. So there is an actual use for that. So just like gold, Bitcoin, all these things that aren't producing a big income, sure, they might be a hedge or a store of wealth. We do not want to go full ham in our portfolio with these things. I had a client once, they called me, they said, Glenn, we've got the opportunity to buy $60,000 worth of rare pink diamonds. Now, this isn't a discussion on the ethics of diamonds or anything like that. It's an example that these are a precious metal and we just don't want to overinvest in speculative things, precious metals, things that do not produce an income. And I said, look, I can't speak to you about whether diamonds are a good investment, but I can say one thing. With any speculative investment as part of your portfolio, you really wouldn't want it to form more than maybe 5% of your net worth. So net worth, everything that you own minus what you owe. So if your total net worth was $300,000, you would not want to buy more than $15,000 worth of speculative assets. And you certainly wouldn't want to buy just $15,000 of the one speculative asset. And this will slow you down and will also make sure that you're not putting too much of your money into something that is extremely volatile, something that hasn't got a 100% use case yet, like Bitcoin. Or you might say, I'm not going to put more than 2% of my portfolio into a speculative investment. So if you had a portfolio of $10,000, 2% of that portfolio is only $200. So I want you to just understand, you can buy whatever you want, whether it's Bitcoin, whether it's pink diamonds, but just understand, step back, 
with your portfolio, these things that we're talking about are more defensive items and not growth assets. And we want to hero growth assets with our investing and with our portfolio. If you want to know more about this stuff, throw up a question in the Facebook group. We'll have a chat about it. I'm Glenn James. You're listening to my Millennial Daily. My Millennial Daily is produced by My Millennial Money, also available on Spotify. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.